This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. And remember, Bet Rivers has a new football squares game where you can win up to $10,000 when you make your football bets. So check it out on Bet Rivers and the Play Sugar House apps. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. You can find the program on the uh, Bet Rivers network and wherever you look for your uh, podcasts. We'll have our Football Friday uh, one up for the. championship Sunday games, just three games left in the season. The games are moving in the direction I thought they would. Um, Cincinnati opened a one-point favorite. First time Kansas City's been underdog in 15 games. Kansas City went to favoritism on Sunday night. Now it's shifted back, and Cincinnati's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Eagles are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think both teams will be three-point favorites by game time. Uh, They deserve to be the favorites for the reasons. uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati comes off a big win at Buffalo, plus Mahomes is hurting. Uh, He's not going to be 100%. And obviously the Eagles are home. They have the more established star at quarterback. By far, a guy who was an MVP candidate this year, probably if he didn't get hurt, would have been the MVP. He'll probably lose it to Mahomes um, and finish second. Uh, but they're home, and they deserve to be the favorite. But let's be honest, the four best teams in football are here, um, and the edges are small. Uh, Niners and the only team in the NFC that has the personnel to match up with the Eagles is the Niners. And Cincinnati and Kansas City have met and Cincinnati has beaten them three straight times, all by three points. All right, let's get to some emails. We'll get to those. Uh, that Football Friday podcast will be up, like I said, on Friday uh, by noon. Now, here we go. And remember, for your, to send your emails, just go to MikeFrancesaPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and, yes, I've had some questions about this. Uh, I will be appearing on first take with Dog and Stephen A. next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, February 1st, on first take in the morning on ESPN. That is true. I have uh, agreed to make an appearance with the, with those two, and I will be there uh, in studio with them on February 1st, so a week from tomorrow. Um, Patrick emails first. Michael Jordan always had the poor me attitude when it came to his success for his team and his own accomplishments. Do you think that Burrow operates in that same manner? Mahomes and Allen have gotten more praise and attention. Does it irk him? Um, Yeah, I think a little bit. I think he's extremely confident. 
I think he's extremely, almost borders on cocky. Um, but he's backed it up in an incredible way, in the, uh, especially in postseason. And let's be honest, Burrow ranks with any quarterback. The three young quarterbacks that are at the top of the league now, as, as Rodgers slips and, and Brady slips, the three young quarterbacks who are now the big three are clearly Mahomes, um, Allen, and Burrow. And Burrow is, is every bit as good as either one of the other two, and he's the most accurate of the three. He's the most accurate thrower in football, and he is extremely confident. He is a legitimate gunslinger, and he gets rid of the ball incredibly quickly. He is every bit a franchise quarterback. And he makes an enormous difference for his team. And I think a Super Bowl victory this year, which could be within his reach, um, will take him to new heights. I think that will happen. If, if he does wind up winning it this year. I think the same is true for Hurts. Uh, I think Mahomes is already there. Uh, Purdy, if he gets there, uh, I don't know that people will take it seriously, but it will be one of the great Cinderella stories ever. Matt from Huntington Station. Joe Montana won all the Super Bowls and was flawless in all the games uh, in every standpoint, turnover, etc. He also played great in a bunch of tough losses in the playoffs. He didn't have the longevity that Brady has no one has. Uh, but that could be attributed to the era. Uh, if your life was on the line and you needed to make one play, would you take Montana or Brady? That's a great question. As I've told you many times, and this is some of the Brady uh, worshippers, the best Super Bowl quarterback of all time is not Tom Brady. It's Joe Montana. Joe Montana was perfect in the Super Bowl. He was perfect. He never lost, and he was perfect. If you look at his numbers and his quarterback rating, it is so much higher than any quarterback who ever lived. It's a joke. Um, I would be happy with either one for one play. But if I had to take one play to win a game, I would take Montana in the Super Bowl. Um, but I have no problem taking Brady. I think they're very close. But I think Montana was the best Super Bowl quarterback ever. I think, and it, I think it's been proven. Just line them up statistically and you'll see. It's not even close. Um, Brendan emails, in 1996, running backs went in the first round. Today, you're lucky if one goes on in the first 32 picks. Why did it take the league so long to figure out that you can uh, find these guys anywhere? It's not, that's not the case, that you can just find these guys anywhere. It's that the game changed. Passing and the way people play has changed the value of the running back and the role of the running back. So teams expect running backs to be very good at blitz pickup too because it's a very key component of what they do. And they like to have more than one running back because they get very beat up and they like to have versatile qualities in their running backs. So teams like to have more than one running back in multiple looks and shuffle them in and out of the game. That's how they prefer to play. Uh, and 
the money goes to the quarterback, not to the running back. The money goes to the dynamic wide receiver, the Jefferson, the Chase, the uh, Adams, not to the running back. It's just the way it is. The game is, has morphed that way towards the passing game. Uh, Matt, if you were starting a franchise, would you take Dirk Nowitzki or Stephon Curry? Um, it would depend on where you were. If it was when Dirk was playing, I would take Dirk. If you're talking about now and the way the game has now become so much part and parcel of perimeter play and three-point shooting, I would take Curry because Curry is the now player for the way the game is played now where such a premium is put at the three-point goal. The three-point goal has become the biggest part of the sport. Um, Justin in Colorado, in a recent show, you said that Travis Kelsey is the greatest catching tight end you have ever seen. Absolutely. Is that is he that great, or is the tight end position evolved and changed so much? Well, the tight end position has evolved. But Travis Kelsey, as I stated, and I stated it very specifically, is the greatest pass-catching tight end ever. He is that because he has incredible hands. He is great at slipping off blocks and then making himself a receiver. And also, he is a chess piece in the very, very special play-calling mind in terms of the passing game, that is Andy Reid. Add all those components up, and you have the best pass-catching tight end, as you saw last week, where he caught 14 passes in the game. 17 targets, 14 catches. Some of them when he just went out to block and then just peeled off the block late and caught the ball. Now, Has the role changed? Yes, in certain teams. Now, Kelsey is not the blocker that Kittles is. If you want the tight end who's the best two-way tight end in football, it's Kittles. Kittles is a great blocker. Kittles has got a lot of Mark Bavaro in him because he can block and he can catch and he can make big plays. But Kittles and Kelsey are different in that Kittles is a great blocker. So if you wanted a two-way tight end, the best is Kittles. If you wanted the best pass-catching tight end, Kelsey's the best ever. And I know for a fact Andy Reid feels that way too. Um, James emails regarding Dable. Down 7-0, he panics in the first quarter and goes for it. Down 28-7, he doesn't go for it. Uh, he didn't take a 10-yard holding penalty. Is he trying to be the reason that the Giants win with these cute decisions? No. He very much was a field guy with this team this year. Listen, he did a brilliant job, first in constructing a staff, second in giving his team a game plan they could win with and then motivating them to play hard. He orchestrated and eliminated the mistakes from Jones's game, which was critical. He utilized Jones and utilized Barkley to their fullest extent, which they needed. 
He helped turn some nothing wide receivers into important players at times. And they won games that were razor tight. The Vikings and the Giants this year won all the tight games. A lot of people tell you they were both lucky. I tell you that a lot of it was Jefferson's ability in the in the Viking passing game. And for the Giants, it was the coaching of Dable, the coaching of Martindale, and it was the running ability of Jones. That was the reason they were able to squeak out all those close games. Now, will that happen next year? Giants going to be a fascinating watch because they got way ahead of their way ahead of themselves this year. If you wanted to tell me you thought they were lucky, you might be right. We'll have to see where it goes next year. Um, they have a long way to go to be a very good fundamental team, especially defensively. Uh, but they got blown. Let's be honest. They got blown up in the running game. The, the Eagle running game obliterated them, and the Eagle pass rush obliterated them. They were not capable of playing either way, and they were embarrassed both ways. They could not protect their quarterback. It was embarrassing. They could not stop the run. It was embarrassing. Their inside linebackers were mortified. Their tackles were embarrassed. Their inside linebackers were mortified. Um, what else can you say? They got their rear ends kicked. They got exposed. He kept that from happening a lot this year. The Eagles exposed them in week 14. They exposed them worse in the playoff game. It'll be fascinating to see what happens with them in year two. Do they go backwards? Can he take that forward? I think he's going to prove to be a very good coach. Now let's see if that's right. And we have to see if he and the general manager can build the team. They have a lot of work to do. Tim, what company do you think in the last 25 years dropped the ball more than any other company? Um, For example, I think it was AOL because they could have been the first Google, the first Facebook, the first YouTube maybe even the first Twitter, if they had any vision and growth. I was wondering what company do you think uh, did that? Um, I always felt that the one that did not monetize itself properly, despite how popular their vehicle was, is Twitter. Um, I don't know enough about Facebook. I've never been a Facebook user, so I cannot talk to you about the extensive Facebook. I've never been one who's used it ever. Um, now it's a widely used product and a company that's made a lot of money. So I don't think you can get on them very much. They, you know, they made a lot of money. Um, I think Twitter is the company that should have made a lot more than they made because everybody used that product, especially in my business and in the news business and the political business, everybody uses it. And there should have been some advantages to them that I would think if I created something that was that uniformly utilized as a imperative product, 
that I would make more money out of it and monetize that. I don't think they have, to be honest with you. A lot of people say YouTube could have been monetized better. You know, but Google's made a lot of money. Apple's made a lot of money. So I, I don't think it's them. Um, so I, I would think maybe Twitter. Santi emails, uh, disappointed Bills fan and agreed Josh Allen made too many turnovers and not held accountable. Uh, Dable and Allen, Dable had Allen on the right track. Maybe, maybe losing Dable hurt him. I'll tell you something. There is really fences that have to be mended with them and Diggs. I mean, it was worse than I thought. I was shocked by it. My wife was the first one to point it out to me. She goes, can you believe the way Diggs is just embarrassing Allen here? And she was right. He was. I mean, you know, throw it higher, do this, do that. And then he's berating him on the sideline. And then they had to talk him back into the post-game talk from the coach. He didn't even want to be in there. And then he didn't even show up at the, at the Monday exits, from what I understand. The coach said he talked to him, but I don't think he was there. So they have some issues with Diggs there now. And uh, he really got on Allen. That being said, Reich, who has a history of the Bills, could uh, see him. Listen, if Reich wants to... Elevate his status for a year and then come back as a coach. Going to Buffalo would be a perfect example. If he could go there as a quarterback coach and, a, and an offensive coordinator and lead them to a Super Bowl and straighten Allen out, he'd get a lot of the uh, attention and praise and it would help him get a much bigger job as a, as a head coach. He will coach again in the league. Uh, that could be a smart way of doing it. So that would work. You just saw that O'Brien's going back now as Belichick's offensive coordinator. He did some very good things. You know, he invented Bill O'Brien, who I am not a big fan of as a head coach. He invented the tight end, the two tight end monster that they had there that was so successful was invented by Bill O'Brien. Matt Nourishell. Um, now that the Giants are season over, do you think both coordinators will be back? If both were to leave, which one would hurt more? I think Wink hurts more because you have Dable on offense. I don't even think it's close. I don't think either guy gets a head coaching job this year. The guy that I would say absolutely, you can write it down, gets a head coaching job. I will be stunned if he doesn't, is D'Amico Ryans. He's getting a head coaching job. Um... I'm sure he already has Houston. He might have one of the others. He was supposedly, he cut back a couple interviews because he had too many on one day, but he's going to be interviewed by four teams. Uh, I think D'Amico Ryans is definitely getting a job. I'm not sure Sean Payton's going to take any of these jobs. I think the only job Sean Payton might take, unless Tepper blows him away with an astronomical amount of money in Carolina and he doesn't have a quarterback there, uh, which I don't think he'll take that job, but unless he just blew him away with a phenomenal amount of money, uh, I think the only job he's taking is Denver. Unless, unless McCarthy does something that gets him fired in the next week. Supposedly Jerry Jones yesterday gave McCarthy a vote of confidence. Now, does that mean it's automatically done? No, he could change his mind. But supposedly he gave him a vote of confidence. But I've always felt that there was going to be a hookup between Sean and the Cowboys. So I would not rule that out. Although, like I said, yesterday, Jerry Jones said that he was keeping McCarthy as his head coach. You know, Jerry 
is a little funny. He likes to keep expenses down with his coaches if he can. He paid Parcells. The reason he paid Parcells is because the luxury boxes were all for rent that year. He needed a big name. To, and the, I'm telling you, the biggest reason he brought Parcells in was because the luxury boxes were all for rent. And he knew that that name was magic and would rent all the luxury boxes. And they did. Uh, Jason emails, do you ever think the Super Bowl will become a pay-per-view event? It will not be legal. No, Congress would never allow, will never allow the Super Bowl or the World Series. And I'll even put the NBA finals in there. Uh, and the NCAA tournament championship. Uh, I doubt any of them will ever be pay-per-view events. They believe those should be free to American uh, viewers, and I think they will be. Welcome to Manhattan. Who would be in your top five head coaches of the era from 2000 to now in the NFL? 2000 to now. Well, the first two are easy. One is Belichick, two is Andy Reid. Those are easy. I mean, Andy Reid has had an incredible run. Look how many wins he has. Yes, you know, he can win another Super Bowl to just fluff up the resume, but there's nothing he has to accomplish. You have to put guys who have been multiple Super Bowl winners in there. Uh, That's important. So I have to put Coughlin in there in that era too because he won two during that time. So and and you know beat the Pats twice and beat the undefeated team. So I have to put him in there. So I would go um, Belichick, Reed, Coughlin, probably Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, and. I think I'd have to probably put Tom, you know, Tomlin's recent years haven't been great, but I'd probably have to put him in there. It'd be him or Pete Carroll would be the fifth choice. One or the other. Sean Payton also had a very good run. He only won one Super Bowl. As did a bunch of guys. So I would think you'd be picking among those guys as your last, but I think the first four are pretty... I think the first three are very easy, which would be um, Belichick, Andy Reid, Coughlin, and then you would choose among the four, which would be um, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Coughlin... I, I mean, Harbaugh, Tomlin... Sean Payton and Pete Carroll. That'd be the group. That would that would that would be it. Uh, if the Eagles and the Giants had swapped QBs, would the results have been the same on Saturday? Hurts fits what they're doing. They're not interchangeable, the quarterbacks. Hurts is a better player. But the difference in the personnel is so dramatic 
I think Jones would have won with Philly and Hurts would have lost, but Hurts would have put up a better fight because he's a more dynamic, singular talent and, and a much harder guy to defend because he can run like a halfback and he's a better thrower than, than Jones is. But he has superior, I mean, he's got two great wide receivers. I think the best two tandem in the sport, although Cincinnati's very close. Um, and so is Miami with, with Hill and Waddle. Um, the tight end, running backs, and then great line play on both sides. Superior line play. The only team that has this kind of personnel that, that they have is the Niners. Niners have superior personnel on both sides of the line. Pete in the Bronx. The Mets still haven't added any real bats. Do you think they are waiting for a big bat like Atani? Um, I don't know if that's the case. I think they thought they had finished the team, and then obviously it didn't work out. They wind up losing a player that they thought was the icing on the cake, but not integral to their success. I think they will add another bat. It does not have to be an overwhelming player. But I don't think an overwhelming player who would be a star, like a, someone who would sell tickets like an Atani, would be very attractive to them. I think they would be very interested. I think that would be hard for Cohen to turn down because he would be a enormous draw. And he's almost like a jewel because of how unique his talents are. But they're close now. I mean, listen, they won a lot of games last year. They had a bad week. They really had a bad week. And their number one and two starters had a bad week. They relied heavily on their one and two starters. And their one and two starters did not get the job done when it was on the line. It's as simple as that. You know, all year we talked about how lethal they were going to be because of those two, and those two didn't get the job done. If they had gotten the job done, they would have won. You know, everyone's saying, buck this, buck that. When buck? Buck didn't change a whole lot. All right, listen, buck didn't have a great, didn't have a great last week. Be the first to admit that. And Buck has a history of when he gets in a big postseason spot, he gets a little a little weird. But if his big pitchers, if one, two guys, his big two superstars had come up big, he would have won. They came up small. They couldn't overcome that. Listen, you need your players to perform well when the games are biggest. 
That's one thing the Yankees had when they had their great run. They had players who you could rely on who came up big or even came up bigger. El Duque could be on the beach for 11 weeks. He'd come into the postseason and pitch like a superstar. Wells always came up big in the postseason. Mariano, you could always count on, as you could Jeter, as you could Bernie. These guys were every bit as good or better than they were in the regular season. A lot of guys aren't as good in the postseason as they are in the regular season. These guys were as good and some were better. Brocious was better. El Duque was better. Sometimes Wells was better. And Gina and Bernie were always every bit as good. And that says a lot. And that meant a lot. And that's how you win. When your players step up or can be counted on. Hey, they had two great Hall of Fame stud starters who came up small. Goodbye. Doesn't matter if you won 100 games. Doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. Doesn't matter what kind of numbers you put up. Did you do it when the big game was on the line? That's how you win championships. Remember, our Football Friday uh, will be up on Friday. We'll obviously have a very busy week leading up to Championship Sunday. We'll see you down there. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.